Let's review To Sleep in a Sea of Stars, the latest novel from Christopher Paolini. You may be familiar with the author from The Inheritance Cycle, or more famously, Aragon, a series of books that came out around the 2010s time. I think they finished up around 2012, 2013. They were pretty darn popular, popular enough to get a movie that didn't go so well, but that's beside the point. Our latest novel from this author is To Sleep in a Sea of Stars. Now, the first thing that I have to address is that this book took, I believe, nine years, according to Paolini, to get to the public. I don't know if you would say nine to just fully write, but it's been being worked on for nine years, which is quite a long time for a book. And when you see the length of the book, you can kind of tell why, because it's around 900 pages. So Paolini had a lot to say here. And I guess what I want to get into first is whether or not it was something that was really worth saying or something that really justifies the extreme length of time it took to create. Now, I'm not here to criticize an author's uh, time period in which it takes them to come out with a book. There's no telling what's going on in their lives. But to have such a long buildup as a fan, to have heard about this project for five or six years, to have been waiting for the next release from Paolini, it does play into my expectations going into the book. And if the book does not live up to those expectations, then sorry. Though I do have some heavy criticisms of the book, it is an all-around good book, in my opinion. I'm not here to bash it. More to talk about some of the strengths and weaknesses. And there are, frankly, a lot of both. If you haven't read the book yet, or you're unfamiliar with the premise, basically, this xenobiologist in the pretty far future is on a survey mission to other planets. They're kind of colonizing the galaxy, something along those lines. And she stumbles upon a alien life form, pretty much the first contact, I believe, of alien life. And without getting into spoilers yet, that just leads down a rabbit hole of across the galaxy, space opera, chase scenes, yada, 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 pretty much everything you'd expect from a space epic. So the book is 900 pages long, which means it should feel pretty big, right? Well, it does take a while to read through, but it doesn't actually feel that big. It feels surprisingly small, and that's largely because the story is told from a single viewpoint the whole time. And it's a very, while it's a large story, it spans a decent length of time and a lot of space. It feels incredibly linear. And incredibly personal, despite the world-ending stakes. Paolini's last series was an epic fantasy, and he's made the transition into science fiction, and I think the transition is rather seamless. He pulls it off well. So, Paolini's former books were epic fantasy, but in this novel, he's transitioned to the science fiction space opera realm, and he makes the transition pretty seamlessly, in my opinion. He has gone on the record speaking at length about the amount of time he spent and effort that he put into getting these, I believe, new technologies that exist within his book world to be really tangible in real life. He tried to base the technologies on things that could at least theoretically be possible in the future. He went to great lengths to do that. He even included a lot of scientific type papers in the end of the book to really explain the science even more in depth. 
However, that being said, I'm not sure that it was worth it. Now, I know that might be heresy in the science fiction community because there are some readers who really enjoy that level of detail and care that an author will take to really come up with some world building that is authentic. But for how much it's talked about in the book, which doesn't feel like it's that much, at least considering it's a 900 page book and it's largely focused on story, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like all that effort and time paid off. In fact, I hardly noticed it, and I never really found myself questioning or thinking about the technology or and honestly being impressed by it. That being said, the story is incredibly intimate. While having some galaxy-ending mass genocidal plots going on throughout the book, it always remains intimate. It never really gets bogged down in the world building or even bogged down in plot. It's very much one character's journey, one 900-page journey. That being said, it doesn't feel as epic and sprawling as I think Paolini might have meant it to be or thinks it is, because it feels surprisingly short, despite it taking a while to read through and being incredibly long. That's kind of hard to explain, but... Basically, it feels almost anticlimactic, like all this time we spend not necessarily meandering because the book is really fast paced, but it just feels like it spends a lot of time just going from place to place, racing at light speed, but not actually accomplishing that much or building towards something that impressive. And that's not to say that there isn't a spectacle because there is a lot of spectacle to this book. In fact, it feels like a large, large portion of the book is mostly just exciting action sequences where our main character utilizes her newfound abilities without spoiling too much and just going through from life or death situation to life or death situation with little interludes where they're stuck in cryo sleep and she's just kind of wandering around on spaceships as they travel across vast distances for, I don't know, months, days at a time. It feels like that's the way the book is paced. It's like big action sequence, cryo. Big, big action sequence, cryo. And it can feel a little bit repetitive. That being said, he does keep it moving, and I appreciate that. It's an exciting book. It is a well-written book. The prose is solid. It's nothing to really write home about, but Paolini's prose has never been something to write home about, frankly. It is solid. It is professional, and it gets the job done. I think he accomplishes what he wants to with it, and I have no problems with that. So getting into one of my first major problems with the book is that it feels like there's a lack of a tangible antagonist, and I feel like it really hurts the book. Without getting into too many spoilers yet, though I will be getting into a little bit of spoilers, but I'm going to save those for the end and I'll warn you beforehand. There's a lack of a tangible antagonist, and basically there are these warring factions or species throughout the book, and there's like three or four of them, and things get a little bit convoluted with the world building and all these different species, and it ends up feeling like there's nothing tangible about the antagonist, and you f I found myself wondering who exactly we were fighting against quite often. It feels like, it, it just feels like we never really get to experience 
the enemy. When we do, it's not not that we need a sense of evil or uh, madness, but that the enemies in this book are just kind of faceless often and only really serve as spectacle for the action sequences. There's nothing really behind it. And while Paolini does a good job of justifying the motives of the enemies, there isn't really a one villain or even one or two major villains. And I think that really takes away from the momentum of the book. The book moves really quickly, but when we don't have an idea of where we're going, I think the reader can feel lost. I often felt lost. Like, I felt like the book could end at any time. I didn't feel a sense of place. Like, I felt like we were just wandering through space from place to place, more on just kind of an adventure rather than moving towards something. Like, there wasn't really that much of a sense of urgency in the book. And I think that's largely because while there are enemies, there aren't really villains. There aren't there isn't one or even two characters or anything of the like that you can point to and say, that's who we're trying to take down. That is the evil force. That is what we're up against. And here's how we're going to do it. It wasn't like, hey, let's go and beat this big bad boss. We're building towards that. It's like, well, we're going to do this here on this planet or in this system, and then we're going to do this, but then we're just going to get randomly attacked along the way, and then there'll be an action sequence, and we'll talk to some of the characters, and we'll do some decent character building, world building along the way, but it doesn't really feel like we're moving towards something that's meaningful. Does that make sense? Paolini has openly stated that this book is a love letter to science fiction. And while that sounds like a great thing, it's a love letter to almost too many elements of science fiction. This book often feels like Alien and Star Wars, and it often feels like he's just running down a list of greatest hits from sci-fi tropes. And they don't always have the heart that I think he intends them to be. Now, when I talk about heart, I will say Paolini is kind of an impersonal writer. And science fiction often can be that way. So I'm not putting the blame solely on Paolini. But the story, despite being incredibly intimate, doesn't always feel that personal. Almost like it's just a bit robotic. And... That's not a major criticism, but it's something that I noticed with Palini's work, especially in this book. However, I felt like it was a lot stronger in the Aragon series from a decade ago. And maybe that's because he had multiple books to build out the characters and the plots. But in this book, with it being a standalone, supposedly, though I don't know where he's going with the series after that, because he has opened up an entire universe and says he plans to write within it. I don't know if he's going to bring any of the characters back or continue the story. It does end a little bit open-ended. That's all I can say without getting into spoilers. But yeah, I'm just, I'm not sure where he's going with it. But in the end, I often felt a little bit just removed from the characters. Despite being given all these reasons to care about them, it just felt like the way in which they were written about was somewhat robotic. Getting into the nittier, grittier details of the story and the characters and the subplot, it did feel like there were certain promises that were made early on or hints of things to come that don't quite live up. They feel 
sort of unfulfilling. I'll mention exactly what those are at the end when I get into spoilers, but until then, I'll leave it at that. Some some of the characters that feel like there's a lot of potential, some of the setups that feel like they could go somewhere really awesome or have a really big payoff do come back around in the end, but not in the way that you would expect. And I don't mean that in a way to say that Paolini was being subversive, but just that it felt like some of the points in which we should be hitting a crescendo in the story, it just kind of falls flat. Um, Jumping into the ending without spoilers yet, it's kind of questionable if the ending is actually satisfying. I do think it was a somewhat of a surprise ending. It's some of a somewhat of a creative ending. It's bombastic. It's gigantic. There's plenty of spectacle and plenty, plenty of creativity abound. Paolini honestly did a great job writing the ending. However, I don't know if the way that it's left is particularly satisfying. And I've heard other YouTubers and reviewers mention that the inter- the ending could be a little bit controversial. And I don't know that I would agree with that, with it being controversial. I just don't know if it's that satisfying. I wouldn't call it a bad ending. He does a great job. And I think Palini accomplishes exactly what he wanted to. But I don't know if what he wanted to accomplish was something that is fulfilling to the reader. That being said, he also leaves the ending open, kind of open-ended, But it doesn't feel like it's open-ended to let us wonder. It's open-ended to say, like, maybe I'll return to this book. Maybe I'll return to this story or some of the characters or some of the plots in here later. I'm just leaving it open so I have room to play in the future. Those are some of my general thoughts. Now I'm just going to dive into the spoiler section. So if you haven't read the book yet or don't want anything spoiled for you, go ahead and dip out now. If spoilers are cool with you or if you've read the book and want to talk about it this is the place for you so starting from the beginning i thought that kira's boyfriend who proposes and they're going to get married incredibly early on in the book fell incredibly flat because he gets completely annihilated he gets killed right off the bat in the book within like two hours of the book starting and i understand what paulini was going for here but it never really i had trouble ever really connecting to Kira, our main character, and her relationship to this guy, Alan, as well as her main crew. I didn't really, there was nothing to really care about with those characters. That being said, I understand that that was just the setup, so I'm, I don't want to criticize it too much as a whole, but I do think just at least the specific relationship of Kira and Alan could have had a little bit more work to it, or at least could have just been a little bit more believable. I feel like Paolini put the work in to kind of mention it and build out some of that relationship throughout the book, especially with like flashbacks and times in which Kira would kind of think about their relationship after Alan has died. But I just, I felt like for, for something that we spent the first like hour of the book on, which was talking about her relationship with Alan because Paolini was building towards his death. It, didn't really hit home, especially in those first opening chapters. There was no real connection that I felt between the characters or between the characters and the readers. So jumping into one of my next big complaints is the the character of Trig. 
Trig is actually a fairly lovable character. He's a lighthearted character. He's a funny character. And he's one that gets a lot of attention kind of earlier on in the book when Kira hooks up with these this this crew of the ship called the Wallfish. And Trig is on it. And without getting into too many details, he's just an interesting character. He's a fun character. And there's a decent amount of time spent on him. Yet... In about halfway through the book, or I guess it could be a little bit more than halfway through the book, he gets incapacitated. He gets wounded and has to be like frozen in cryo or whatever, some type of stasis for pretty much the yep, the entire rest of the book. And I feel like this character was supposed to serve as something to mean something or to have some sort of payoff for the fact that he doesn't die. He just goes into this stasis sleep. For the rest of the book, I felt like there had to be something more to the character or to that plot line, because frankly, I think it would have hit a lot harder if the character had died because he sort of gets wounded as a result of maybe not Kira's mistakes, but as a result of the danger that the characters have put this younger kid into. I mean, I'm pretty sure he's just a teenager. He might be a little older. Honestly, can't remember. Doesn't really matter. He's portrayed as a very young um you know, spunky kid. And if they were going to do what they did to him, I feel like it would have been better if he had just died. I had really expected him to come back later on in the book to be released from stasis or healed and play a major role in the book in any capacity, but he never does. In the end, they just wake him up and they're like, oh, by the way, you missed a lot. You're saved now. It almost felt like an afterthought. I really wasn't into that. Same thing goes for the character of Grigorovich, the ship mind. If you're familiar with the book or the story, you know who I'm talking about or the circumstances around him. But basically, he's like this literal literal brain that powers the ship. He's like a human brain, but without like a body, something along those lines. Um, I'm not going to get into like the all the details of it and how that works because it's kind of kind of crazy. But there's a point at which Grigorovich starts to go crazy. He's kind of a really crazy ship mind to begin with he had he was stranded and left in isolation and he went kind of crazy years ago before he became attached to the wallfish ship which is the one that kira is on for a large portion of the book so he's already a little little crazy a little unpredictable but there's a point in which near the end of the book he goes fully crazy as a result of some of the events of the book um previously and then he ends up going dark. They kind of have to put him to sleep. They have to unplug him. And it felt like something like like this idea of this crazy ship mind taking control of the ship and turning against the passengers because he's gone crazy was a really cool idea. But pretty much nothing happens with it. He gets he goes crazy for like five minutes and then they kind of unplug him and then leave him alone for a bit. That being said, I kind of expected him to, if that was the case, to come back in an either evil or incredibly useful and powerful way later on to help the team to accomplish their goals. And I was kind of waiting for a moment where I could cheer and his usual, he's a sort of not comedic character, but a really interesting kind of fun character to read. He has really good dialogue a lot. It's clear that Paolini put a lot of love into the character, but often it's just, it just surprised me, I guess that I thought that we were moving towards something exciting that was going to be really fulfilling. And then he kind of just comes back later on. They're like, oh yeah, Gagorovich is back. And then he doesn't really do anything particularly useful or fulfilling. The final spoiler that I want to talk about is 
I already something I already covered when I spoke about the ending being unfulfilling. But just to put a button on that, the idea of Kira having defeated the ultimate enemy in the end and she becomes this like kind of like God status, um, like hybrid between like multiple people and species and her suit, the Xeno and she has all these new powers and abilities or not new, but kind of uncovered abilities. And she's basically like super cool and can do all these amazing things. And she realizes that the enemy, the maw that she just took out made a bunch of copies of itself, like seven copies of itself. And they're all just scattered about the universe. And she's like, Oh yeah, I've got to go and uh, hunt, chase them down and stop them. I'm the only one that can stop them. And it feels almost like an afterthought. I'm not going to lie. I know that Paolini probably left some mention of it and set it up a little bit earlier on in the book, but it wasn't like a gigantic smoking gun and it doesn't feel that deliberate. It feels like something that was kind of slipped in later to be like, oh yeah, and we want to leave an opening for later books and for more stories within this universe or a way to follow Kira again later on, or at least use her as a major character. And this may or may not be the conflict of future books. So we're just throwing it in there. It didn't feel like the story actually called for that kind of continuation. In fact, I think the story could have been better left just ending. There were plenty of characters that you could pick up later on in a series or even return to Kira in a way. There's there was there's plenty to go with without saying that there were seven other uh, copies of this enemy that she's got to go hunt down. It just it didn't feel it didn't feel great. It didn't feel like it was in line with the spirit of the book. And yeah, I, I wasn't super big on that. Um, that being said, I feel like I have some more thoughts about this book, but this is probably getting to be a bit of a longer review and I'm trying to cut these down. So I'm going to end it there. I think that explains most of my thoughts. And yeah, if you guys enjoyed this review, leave a comment or let me know what you think of the review or a thought of the book or where you disagree with me. And otherwise, regardless of whether you like it or not, like the video and subscribe to the channel. Because I'm putting out content all the time and I really want you guys to see it and I really hope you enjoy it. I want to make stuff for you guys. So that being said, I will see you guys in the next video.